Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, all about the NRL Round 20 preview. Uh, Now, I must apologize, no weekend wrap podcast uh, for Round 19, uh, just around time constraints and other work uh, that had to be done. So I do apologize for no weekend wrap podcast, uh, but that'll be back uh, from this weekend. So either Sunday night or sometime uh, early Monday, I'll be releasing my review of round 20. And not just that, uh, but if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'd know that I split the season uh, each year into three. Uh, So round one to nine is the first third, then from magic round all the way through the origin period, uh, which is probably the most talked about and the most kind of surrounded by fanfare section of the season. Uh, And then we're literally just about to kick into gear, starting with round 20, uh, coming out of the Origin series into my final third of the regular season. And now with Origin done and dusted for the year, there's only one thing on most sides' minds. That is the Premiership race. So now we are on the road to finals. uh, So it's going to be a special edition weekend wrap, uh, much like I did at the end of the first third of this season, kind of had a look at where everyone was at and how they performed uh, through that particular section. Well, now we've seen it. We've seen round nine all the way through Origin. Uh, So I'll do another weekend rap podcast and kind of look at some of the improvers uh, from the first third to the second third, teams like the Eels and the Cowboys, uh, and kind of, yeah, just have a look at how sides navigated the Origin period. And now where everyone stands uh, as far as the final series. Now, today's preview going to be a bit shorter format uh, rather than a detailed, in-depth uh, preview, just given that the games start in a couple of hours. And I also have a pretty gnarly cut, pretty deep cut on uh, my finger. Not that that could stop me from podcasting, but yeah, I think I'm going to need to tend, tend to that. It's not, it's not good. My finger feels not 100%. I'll tell you that much for free. Uh, That's why I'm not in the NRL. I'm hampered right now by a severe pinky injury. Might be out for the season. Uh, So we'll have to see. But like I said, today, shorter format. So I'm just going to go through the games pretty quickly. uh, And then we'll wrap it up. Back to regular scheduled programming uh, from the weekend wrap onward. And next week's preview... I will be more in depth, but just given that, yeah, game starts, uh, the first game of the weekend starts in a couple of hours, so let's fucking bang this out, shall we? It's the NRL Round 20 Preview. Alrighty, we kick things off tonight, Uh, not exactly a showstopper, respectfully, uh, but we've got a game in Newcastle, 14th place Knights. 17th place Tigers. Uh, look, Newcastle, 
I think the last we saw them was that 66-0 pummeling of the Bulldogs. Uh, so this is a Newcastle side that I expect to be high on confidence. I uh, have a lot more belief in themselves than maybe they did through the early parts of the season. Uh, and of course, opposing them, the 17th placed Tigers, who actually have a bit of a knack, to be honest, for beating the Knights. Uh, so this, this is actually a danger game, in my opinion. I've seen that Bradman best named to back up. No Dane Gagai, Inari Tuwala. Uh, is going to be starting in the centres. Just having a look at the team for the West Tigers. Arpi Korosau back. Uh, so that's definitely a huge addition. And as I say most weeks, I'm a huge fan of the West Tigers pack. You've got John Bateman on that edge who came into the season a bit underdone. It took him a while uh, to really find his feet again at NRL level. Uh, but now, back on a consistent basis, John Bateman... Uh, one of the top performers for Wests, and he brings exactly what the Tigers have lacked, a real hard edge. Uh, so John Bateman, uh, going head-to-head with Lachlan Fitzgibbon, should be an interesting matchup. Uh, but when I look at the Ford packs, I actually much prefer the Tigers. You've got Isaiah Papali'i, Dave Klemmer, Stefano Utoikamanu, who interestingly, news came out, there's a clause in his Tigers contract, uh, where he's free to go and negotiate with other clubs if the Tigers don't make the finals. Now, I think that's still for next year as well, but the Tigers had a clause in the contract that if Stefano played two games of Origin, uh, then they retained the right to hold on to him, and he couldn't go anywhere. So funnily enough, he's played one game, he's been rested whatever the fuck that means. Uh, of course, Origin as well. I'm going to do a separate Origin review podcast because uh, there's lots to talk about on that front. Uh, but yeah, rested. Bit, bit of a curious move, especially when he's playing two days later. Not much of a rest, if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, that could really blow up in the Tigers' face. If Stefano doesn't get back to the Origin arena next year, West's far from a certainty of being... A top eight side next year uh, so we'll have to watch that develop but of course Stefano he's starting to really find his groove within this side and there is potential for the Tigers uh, to really make some leaps and bounds forward only problem the whole organization in terms of the board and the decision makers uh, they just don't know how to run a successful club I think that's pretty obvious There's, there are talks uh, that there's a bit of miscommunication going on between Tim Sheens, Benji, uh, and the Tigers' board. And that maybe Justin Holbrook could be a plan B. Uh, so yeah, just reeks of a club that just don't don't know how to find success. Great playing roster. Api Corusau back in the mix. Got some fantastic young guys like Jareem Buller. And the players, honestly, I don't really have a fault with the players. I think... I think they're a pretty talented bunch, and I also think it's hard uh, to be playing at your best as a cohesive unit when you play for a mess of a club, like the Tigers. And yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't like to speak about the boardroom dramas and shit like that, uh, but that seems to be the Tigers' problem. Now you definitely can't pin it on a lack of talent with some of the guys they've brought in. Uh, we've seen plenty of effort at different stages throughout this year. Uh, but now it's at the point where they're just 
they're not looking competitive. They have no halves set for next year, and it just doesn't seem like an organization destined for success. So I'm going to take the Newcastle Knights here. You have Callum Ponga, who played his best game in a long time against the Bulldogs. Dominic Young. Now, the right side wingers up against the Tigers have found a ton of success. Sione Katoa last weekend scored a hat-trick, notably another one. Will Warbrick crossed for four tries against them. I believe Semi Valme might have even got a couple against them. So, Dominic Young, he's a prolific try scorer. And look, if that trend continues, Dom Young is going to really give these guys a bath. So I'm going to go Dom Young, anytime try scorer. Uh, that's a bit of a low-hanging fruit. Not the Well, that's not the expression, is it? I think I fucked that. But anyways, Dom Young, anytime try scorer. You've got Bradman Best coming off a double at origin level, bringing a totally new level of confidence within himself. So Bradman Best head-to-head with Stafford Toa. You've got Greg Marsu, Jackson Hastings, a former Tiger, and look, Will Smith, Brandon Wakeham, they're both players that I actually think are very quality players. But the Tigers' halves situation is diabolical. Whilst for the Knights, they experimented with Ponga, uh, didn't quite work out, Gamble and Hastings. This is a combination you can really set your watch to. Funnily enough as well, Tyson Gamble, actually a former Tiger. Don't know if he ever made it, to get a first grade debut there, but he was at the Tigers at one point. Now, Gamble, Hastings at the Knights. And I think given that the packs are pretty competitive, I think as far as the forwards, uh, it's gonna be a bit of a grind. I then start to look at the back lines and there's just more with Newcastle, in my opinion. You've got Kellen, like I mentioned, Best, Young, Marziu. And on the back of that, Gamble and Hastings They're getting a bit of time to work together, to build a combination, uh, and to really start getting the wins together, which in their last outing, 66-0 over the Bulldogs. Uh, So Newcastle, they've got a halves pairing, uh, that they're giving some time to work things out. And to be honest, I feel like the Knights have played their best this year when it has been Gamble and Hastings in the halves. So I'm going to go with the Knights here. To be honest, I've gone the Knights before in the past. This is one that has always been a danger game. Uh, I remember times when Newcastle, they looked a much fancied outfit and they went on to lose. Uh, So this is one I'm not super confident in, but I have no confidence in the West Tigers. So I think that's what it comes down to. We're gonna open the round with the first pick. I'm gonna take the Newcastle Knights over the Tigers. Then we move on to Super Saturday. Uh, We've also got Super Sunday. How good. Three games this Sunday as well. Uh, Bulldogs, 15th place, hosting the second-placed Broncos. Now, Broncos without Corey Oates, who's picked up an injury. Uh, So Jesse Arthurs comes in on the wing. Kobe Hetherington starts at lock. Oh, Dean Mariner included on the bench, a player I'm a big fan of. I'm actually casting my eye over this Broncos side. A lot of big name players missing. No Haas, no Carrigan, no Corey Oates, no Flegler. And a lot of their young guys like Xavier Willison, Tyson Smoothie, 
Uh, Brendan Piakura, Keenan Palacia, they're going to have to step it up here. Uh, but the Bulldogs, it's hard to get a read. Fantastic win over Souths last weekend. Uh, but Souths without all their best players. Does make you wonder, can they do it again? I mean, Broncos, much like Souths, missing all of their big guns, or at least most of them. So this is another chance for the Bulldogs. Uh, Blake Wilson, he was my rising star nomination for round 19. What a fantastic performance. Hat-trick against the Bunnies for the Sunshine Coast Junior. And now with Josh Adokar sidelined with a hamstring injury, Blake Wilson gets an extended run in the side. We see Jacob Kiraz has shifted into the centres. Of course, Jake Avarillo, very successful move to fullback uh, in their last outing. Now, of course, Avarillo going to the Dolphins next year. So it's only a temporary fix, but I feel like Bulldogs, they probably could have jagged another couple of wins had they gone with Avarillo at the start. And that's no hate on Hayes Perham. I'm a Warriors man. He's a former Warrior. I always wish to see former Warriors, and of course current Warriors, succeed. And Hayes Perham, definitely one of them. He held it down for us as a young player uh, during 2020, peak COVID. Uh, so there you go. Big fan of Hayes Perham. I do think he's going to find a way to bounce back, but Avarillo, I think he should have been in that fullback jersey a little bit earlier. Uh, Jarrell Skelton, named on the wing. Uh, he's come over, of course, toward the end of last year from Rugby Sevens, was also involved in the Melbourne Rebels setup. Been playing consistent footy at New South Wales Cup level, which is a competition where the Bulldogs are thriving. And they made the grand final at Cup level last year, and they're having equally as strong a season this year. Gerald Skelton. It's what we like to see. Players doing everything they're asked, getting it done at reserve grade level. Well, when the first grade team's not successful, you do start to look at the guys in the lower grades and say, well, fuck, should we just give them a go? Jarrell Skelton, he's getting a go now, and honestly, it might be hard to get him out of the team now that he's in there. Uh, you've got Sexton and Burton in the halves. Matt Burton uh, probably playing the best game he's played all year against Souths, uh, whilst Toby Sexton, the perfect halfback, uh, to really allow Matt Burton to play his natural game without having to worry about too much of the kicking responsibility or doing the organising halfback role, getting the team around the park. Matt Burton is best as an eyes-up footy player rather than an outright organiser, which is a strength of Toby Sexton's. So this is the second time around we're going to see Sexton and Burton as a combo. And yeah, it's a good chance for Toby Sexton to really put his hand up and say, Doggies, you've got your number seven now. Uh, now, checking out the rest of the teams, I still think the halves for Brisbane are stronger. Adam Reynolds captaining the side. And Ezra Mann, just his running game, his electricity and his flair are on field. And his much improved defence. Ezra Mam, I'm a massive fan of. Uh, Herbie Farnworth, Katoni Staggs in the centres. Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, but to be honest, this is another danger game. I can sniff a Bulldogs upset, but I'm not going to go that way. And it is not always the wisest thing 
to look back at the past or things that have already happened because you need to remember tips. It's all about the future. It honestly sometimes isn't even relevant if a team's been shit all year. You need to think about how are these two sides going to match up. And I honestly think Bulldogs are every chance given that Brisbane without their best players. Uh, but I am going to kind of look back to the past or at least what's happened this year and there's kind of two sides to it bulldogs haven't encouraged me at all this year now the win against south was epic but only the week before that 66 nil so bulldogs i think they have a great future but i'm still holding off right now so i'm gonna go with the brisbane broncos on the flip side of what i said about canterbury it's the opposite for Brisbane. Nowadays, it's hard to tip against them. You've got to be pretty damn confident in the team that they're up against uh, to go against the Bronx right now. And I just don't have that confidence in the Bulldogs. Now, if you're a betting man or woman, I reckon maybe stay away from this one. Uh, unless you're going to go for the Bulldogs value play. This just feels like... It feels like a game a few unexpected things could happen. Just given that Brisbane are without a lot of their best players. But we're going to lock it in. First game of Super Saturday, I think only just in a game that should be a lot closer than people expect. I still think cream rises to the top. Broncos over Bulldogs. Also, a quick note on that last game. It's been played at Belmore. Uh, I miss that. That's actually pretty cool. I'm still going to go with the Broncos. Next up, Manly Seagulls sitting 10th, fighting for their season at Four Pines Park against the 9th placed Cowboys, who are on a tear at the moment. They definitely, out of all the sides outside of the top 8, they are the ones making all the noise right now. Of course, last time we saw North Queensland, 74-0 against the Tigers. Uh, so this is a matchup that excites me greatly. Just having a look at the teams. No Matt Lodge yet, who has been signed by the Seagulls on a train and trial. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You may have heard the pod before. I don't know if I'll call it a Matt Lodge curse. And again, a couple of times, it you can't put it down to one player. But just my perception is that success doesn't follow this bloke. And I, I'm, not, I'm not even counting, you know, his New York rampage. That is totally irrelevant uh, to the point I'm making here. So it's nothing like, oh, I don't like this guy as a person. Never met him. Uh, this is just my perception. Matt Lodge starts his uh, under-20s career from memory at the West Tigers. Craig Bellamy likes the look of him. Matt Lodge goes over to the Storm. Uh, probably the only successful, like he's been at the Roosters now who were successful, but weren't that successful with him this year, were they? Uh, so Storm, he goes to the Storm. Now, if there's one club where Matt Lodge is most likely to win a premiership, it's, it's probably the Melbourne Storm. And this is pre-New York. Well, by all reports, it was just being a fuckwit. And Craig Bellamy just said, see you later, mate. I don't want a bar of you. We don't need guys like you at the Melbourne Storm. Fast forward, New York Rampage, all that shit. Um, he turns his life around, 
So we can say like, maybe those attitude issues we can leave in the past. And he comes to the Brisbane Broncos via Redcliffe in the Q Cup. He um, bides its time, takes the punishment, gets back to NRL level at the Brisbane Broncos, one of the NRL's glamour clubs. Well, Matt Lodge, his time there, and this is just a fact, not a perception, his time there, it was the most unsuccessful era in Broncos history. In fact, it was the worst iteration of the Broncos we've ever seen, despite the playing roster and a lot of those guys who are seeing success there now. So Matt Lodge at a powerhouse club, uh, really, they got brought to their knees. And it definitely wasn't just Matt Lodge. I'm not saying that. But then let's look at where Lodgy goes next. Brisbane, they say, you know what? I've actually had enough. I've had enough of how much we're paying you. This one wasn't much of an attitude thing. I think they just worked out how much money they had invested in their Ford stocks. And a couple of guys needed to go. Lodge and Pangai Jr. Looks, honestly, with hindsight, like Brisbane made the right call. Now, Lodge leaves Brisbane. Look at Brisbane now. They're back up and about. Again, it's not just down to one player. This is just a perception. Lodge goes to the Warriors. My team. And I'll tell you what. Found out how, just how shallow I am. Fucking, this guy, this New York rampager, he's fucking attacking families. Oh, he signed with my club? All right. Fuck, this dude's pretty big. He's, he's pretty good. It's kind of how it happens in rugby league. Uh, but he comes to the Warriors, never looked fit. Um, and again, not just down to the player. The Warriors that he entered, we were in the midst of mediocrity for like a decade, way before Matt Lodge got there. So out of all the clubs that I could probably say this theory proves the least true, It'd be the Warriors, but he was there for fuck all, never looked fit. There was all this bust up with the owner. We end up paying out his contract just to fuck him off early. And again, from optics, that situation seemed like it was more an error on the Warriors' part if they paid Matt Lodge out. Uh, so you do have to take that into consideration. And then Lodge lands at the Roosters. Back end of last year, looks fit as a fiddle, playing out of his skin. So much so, I'm thinking, where the fuck was this at the Warriors? And again, not pointing the finger at Lodgy. Made me more think, like, well, clearly our fitness and strength and conditioning team aren't working that same sort of magic. But then we enter this year. Roosters, premiership contender. I don't think anyone was disputing that. Look how they've gone. Matt Lodge, apparently his attitude not up to it. Roosters fucked him off. They dropped him. Just were like, you can go. So Matt Lodge, Broncos stint. Worst time in Broncos history. Warriors stint. Unsuccessful, but he wasn't the only one who had an unsuccessful stint at the Warriors. Sydney Roosters. Now out of all these clubs, this should be where it goes right. And I think it's telling that they didn't want a bar of him. Now, they said there wasn't a place for him next year, more so because of Spencer Lenu, uh, Jared Waria Hargreaves. Uh, but by reports, and again, this isn't fact, this is just what's been reported, apparently his attitude was just shit once he got told uh, that he wasn't going to be kept on for next season. So now Matt Lodge arrives at Manly. I know this has been very long-winded. 
considering he's not even playing. But I'm going to be watching this very closely. Let's see. Let's see how Manly go. I'm yet to see Matt Lodge, despite how evidently, clearly talented this guy is. Like, this guy is a world-class front rower at his best. I have no doubt about that. But despite the talent, the success never seems to follow. So let's see how it goes. Uh, but let's talk quickly. Sea Eagles, Cowboys. I honestly can't get my head around this game. This is another one where I could see an upset on the cards. Uh, but I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, just because of how red hot form they're in. And also now, the Matt Lodge curse. He's not playing, but Manly, I think once I saw that, I was like, alright. I don't think you guys are playing finals. Now congratulations to Dean Matteson, brother of Ryan. Been around the traps for a while. But finally gets his NRL debut this weekend in the number 14 jersey. Big JT, Jason Taumalolo, coming off the bench for the Cowboys. And yeah, to be honest, I'm going to go the Cowboys. This is another one I'm staying well clear of, though. Because, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a danger round. I just look at that team, though, and the form they're in right now. Drinkwater at the back, playing as good as anybody in this competition. Semi Valme has forced a grand final winning and scoring a winning try as well. Cowboys legend, Kyle Felt. He's forced him out of the team. Murray Taolungi. I mean, the form he's been in at origin level and what he's carried back now to the Cowboys has been invaluable. You've got Hiku and Holmes in the centres, Dearden Townsend in the halves. Uh, with a quick note, former half Jake Clifford, who's been over at Hull FC in the Super League. Jake Clifford returning to the club next year. And then I look at the pack, Jeremiah Nanai, Ruben Cotter, Luciano Leilua, Reese Robson, Griffin Neem, who's been killing it, and that's what swings me. That's what swings me. I was going to go the Sea Eagles, but then just looking over the teams, I just... I think Cowboys are going to have a bit too much, and they need to win here. If North Queensland lose, that is going to dull a lot of the momentum that they've been building up. And they are one of the hottest teams in the comp right now. So a loss, and all of a sudden this magic run that they're on, it is in jeopardy. So it's a crunch game for both sides. It's a top eight to play finals. You've got 10th versus 9th here. Winner? Well, they start to really steady themselves for the run home. Whilst the losers, you're going to leave yourselves with a bit of work to do. So let's lock in the next pick of the pod. I'm going to go with the Cowboys over the Seagulls. Saturday night. We get juicy. Very juicy. 13th placed Roosters. What the hell? Now we've had enough time, 20 rounds, to kind of understand that this isn't like a slow start to the season and they're going to build toward the final series. Now we've had a big enough sample size to know the Roosters are severely underperforming. And that's what makes this juicy. 13th placed Chooks. I said uh, the other week going into the Manly game, or coming out of it rather, I'm one loss for the Chooks away from putting a line through their name. I'm pretty much already there now. I highly doubt they're going to play finals 
If they are, they have to win here. But that's the situation the Chooks face, in my opinion. One more loss, and I just cannot see the Roosters flicking a switch and playing like we thought they should be. Now, one big thing for them is that James Tedesco uh, had a really great origin game, so now he's got a bit of that zest back into his footy, uh, but Tedesco set to be rested for this one. So you'd have to assume Joey Manu uh, will come into the fullback role. Just having a look who might play centres. Drew Hutchison, 18th man. Fucking God, no. Can we just stop with Drew Hutchison in the centres? Talented player. I'm a fan of Drew Hutchison. Not a fan of him in the centres. Uh, Corey Allen, probably the other likely candidate to come in. Uh, but we'll have to see. Now, the big news is that Brandon Smith returns on the bench. Uh, Sam Walker, also healthy, good to go, but they've named Sandon Smith in the seven. So no Sam Walker here, but we do get Brandon Smith off the bench. Uh, whilst on the Storm side, they sit fourth. And over the first few rounds of the season, I know they won in round one, but then they had that Bulldogs loss. They lost to the Titans, and there was a point early in this season where it kind of looked like maybe it was going to be Melbourne that had the poor season that the Roosters have ended up having. Storm, for the most part, have really got a lot of things right when you consider just the huge void left by the departures of the Bromwich brothers, Felice Kafusi, even Brandon Smith, who's against them this weekend. And so Melbourne... It's a new era, but they're humming. Nick Meany at fullback. Ryan Pappenhausen, though, we are seeing he's making some strides in his recovery. So it'll be good to have him back, but I think at this stage of the season, it's probably only fair for Nick Meany uh, to see out the rest of the year in the one jersey. Remus Smith plays game number 100. On the wings, you've got Warbrick and Coates. Cam Munster, will he or won't he uh, back up? from Origin. If he doesn't, we've seen that Jonah Pezzett uh, is ready to step up. Although, having a look, Pezzett's not in the team. Maybe injured or something. So Jaden Nikarima would probably be the one to come into the halves or Tyron Wishart. Uh, but even without Munster, Jerome Hughes, killing it. Then in the Ford pack, this is going to be a pretty interesting battle. Uh, you got Nat Butcher and Victor Radley in the back row against Trent Loyero and Nelson Asofa Solomona, uh, who clearly he's got the biggest role to play uh, as far as getting the storm momentum throughout games. Up front, you've got Nathan Brown head-to-head -head with Josh King, Big Lindsay Collins and Jared Waria Hargreaves up against Tui Kamitha Mitha and Christian Welsh. Now, the dummy half battle should be interesting. I did mention Brandon Smith on the bench, but Jake Turpin's going to start, and Harry Grant has been named to start as well, uh, but we will have to wait and see what happens as far as origin rests. I'm going to take the storm, though. I think this is going to be a blockbuster game, one of the games of the round, if not the game of the round. But yeah, I think Roosters are cooked, at least for this year. Um... And it's not doom and gloom. Um, it's not like, oh my gosh, fucking rebuild. They need to sack Trent Robinson. No, I think he's proven that he's the man for the job. And the Roosters, they have the players. 
they have pretty much everything they need. So I think it's more so a couple of small adjustments to their roster uh, rather than wholesale changes. Now, of course, Dominic Young coming over to the club next year. That's a massive signing. So Roosters, many people's pick for the Premiership this year, 13th. Melbourne Storm, 4th. I'm taking the Storm. I think the Roosters, I think finals is beyond them, to be honest, just based on the way they've played. And I held off, and I held off, and I held off. It's round 20. You can't just fucking click into gear now. And even if they do, they're sitting 13th. So I just think they've left themselves with too much to do. Season on the line. So they will be desperate. They will be dangerous. But Storm, they're trying to hold on to their spot in the top four. They've proven that they can play a much more consistent brand of footy this year than that of the Roosters. And with that being said, I'm going to lock in the Saturday night pick. I'm going to go with the Storm over the Roosters. All right, we've only got an hour till the actual game starts, so I'll get through these final three games pretty quickly. I mean, heaven forbid, I wouldn't want to miss a second of the Knights against the Tigers tonight, respectfully, to supporters of both sides. I mean that in jest, of course. Uh, Lastly as well, before I jump into the games, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I got a pretty deep, bad cut on the pinky finger. I was kind of thinking, I was like, man, talk about not being made of the right stuff for the fucking NRL. And then I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, imagine having a ruptured testicle. Because that happens in the NRL. I'm looking at my pinky right now and I'm thinking, imagine the carry-on. Imagine the carry-on uh, with a ruptured testicle. Hopefully, touch wood, that doesn't happen. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to experience that. But anyway, let's, enough about me. And let's get back to the games, and my favourite game this weekend as a Warriors supporter. We've got the Waz hosting the Sharks at Mount Smart Stadium. One of the best atmospheres in footy at the moment, although last time we played at home, I say we like I fucking made any tackles or produced a couple of try assists, uh, but last time we played at home, we were bested by an understrength Souths outfit. Uh, So we do kind of need to correct a few things in our game, but I am fired up, and I am sure our opponents are in the Cronulla Sharks. Given that, what was it, a 20-point comeback last time these sides met, a Sean Johnson penalty goal uh, deciding the contest, now these sides meet again at a crucial juncture of their seasons, Warriors sitting 6th. It's been a long fucking time. Uh, since I've been excited about finals for us. Whilst the Sharks, they sit third. And they're in the box seat to have a real crack at the Premiership, despite conceding 50 points earlier this year. Uh, So as far as where both teams go from here, I mentioned earlier, split the regular season into three. We're in the final third now. Now, as far as origin navigation, Sharks didn't have to navigate anything, except what Nico Hines at once and Warriors don't have any origin players so there you go two sides who it's hard to tell exactly where they're at given that a lot of other sides interrupted through origin Uh, but as a Warriors fan I haven't been this pumped about the boys 
since 2011. Whilst Cronulla fans have every reason to be up and about in their own right, Sione Katoa coming off a hat-trick last week, and they have a dangerous back five. Will Kennedy, career best form? Oh, you got Ramian, Sifa Talakai. What a beast. The Tigers could not contain him last weekend. Mulatalo, I uh, certainly threw a bit of chat our way last time the sides met. Uh, and then, of course, my game changer, though, for the Waz, is our Ford pack. Mitch Barnett up front, Adenfanua Blake, head-to-head with Kalfusi and Rudolph. The dummy halves as well. I actually think are going to have a massive bearing on this contest. Blake Braley, one of the informed nines of the comp, and Wade Egan with Freddie Lusick coming off the bench. Back rows should be interesting as well. Britton Nukura head-to-head with Jackson Ford and Teague Wilton up against one of my personal favourites, Josh Curran. He's going to fucking smash Teague Wilton like he's an underage fucking kid. Uh, Torhu Harris, that sounded a bit wrong. Uh, Torhu Harris in the 13, one of my favourite players all time, now that he's in a Warriors jersey, has been for a while, has always given 100%, but the team around him haven't always been able to lift to Torhu's level. Now we're seeing a change in that. Uh, Whilst for the Sharkies, Cam McInnes in the 13, I was one of the best in the comp last weekend, and I really like the Sharks bench. Must be honest, Jesse Colhoun, quality young front rower, Jack Williams, who was a whisker away despite playing off the bench uh, from being in my round 19 team of the week. So Jack Williams in career best form, Thomas Hazelton has really emerged uh, as a next generation talent for the Sharks to build on, and Wade Graham in the 14 in what's most likely his last season at Cronulla. And my cat has his fucking head in an empty crackers box. You just can't stop my brother. He's got a bit of a, um, a bit of an addiction, unfortunately, to sticking his head into whatever he can fucking find and trying to eat anything. He comes in the room, sniffing the ground. I'm like, dude, fucking carpet, you can't eat it. Anyway, you done? You good? I think he's good. I think he's realized there's nothing in there. Anyways, um, I'm taking the Warriors. Dylan Walker off the bench. Love what he adds. Uh, but I do think the biggest hurdle for us to take down the Sharks, it's going to be their forward pack. I think just all around, they've got a very cohesive forward pack. Now, who's the guy for the Warriors that I think can break that wide open? Adam Fanua Blake. Mitch Barnett as well had a killer week uh, last weekend. Scored two tries. He was nominated for round 19. Tough stuff. And there's 100% bias in this pick. Oh, we're going back. We're going back for more. Can you get your head? If you guys know what cheds are, like those ched packets, that's, yeah, he's got his little fucking head in the cheds packet. Do you mind? Do you mind, mate? There we go. Anyways, taking the Warriors. Sorry about the fucking uh, interruptions. Luke Metcalf. How good was he last weekend as well? Actually playing against his former side, the Sharks. That's where he was uh, over the last couple of seasons. So yeah, definitely bias in this pick. And probably if I was a neutral fan, I'd actually be leaning toward the Sharks. But Mount Smart, we're at home. Uh, We're looking... 
we're looking like we could do with a couple more wins just to really uh, cement ourselves as a finals chance this year. And the Sharkies, they're sitting in the top four. They are a team, if we do play finals, that we're probably going to have to expect to meet again uh, at some point before the season's end. So this game is the one, uh, personally as a Waz fan, that I cannot wait to sit down and watch. Because we're going to find out a lot, not just about where New Zealand are at, uh, but also exactly where Cronulla are at. Because they've had a pretty easy time shellacking some of the fucking dreadful teams of the competition. Uh, but one note for both of these teams. Now, flat track bully is a term that gets thrown around. I don't know so much if I'd use that for the Warriors, considering where we've been for the last 10 or so years leading into this. Uh, so I'm not expecting us to beat the Panthers, the Storms of the world. Uh, but it is a note that both of these teams, they're managing to get past uh, the lower sides of the comp, but they're not quite finding that same success uh, up against the elite of the competition. So now up against each other, top eight side against top eight side, we're going to learn a lot. And I hope it's a positive learning experience on the Warriors front. So let's lock it in. Bias central, 100%, putting it out there. I'm taking the Warriors. You better believe it. And I genuinely believe we can win. This isn't just a blind supporter call. I genuinely believe Mount Smart Stadium at home. We've beaten the Sharks already this year. If we can do it again, well then we can get really excited about finals. Because we're no guarantee yet of actually making the eight. So a win here is crucial. Uh, and Cronulla Sharks, one of the best teams in the comp. But what they seem to lack is that next level. That next level come finals. And then again, once you reach a grand final uh, that you have to reach. Sharks, I think they've got all the levels they need as far as the regular season, but we're not really gonna know how they're gonna handle the crunch of finals until they actually get there. First pick of Super Sunday, I'm going with the Warriors. Penultimate game of the round. 12th place Dolphins are coming off a win that has kept their season alive up against the first placed Panthers. KO Stadium, Redcliffe. Look, just the form Penrith are in. And not just their origin guys, but guys like Isaac Tunger playing as good as he ever has. Dylan Edwards, Jack Cogger has stepped up. You're going to have Jerome Luai, who's got a bit of a rocket up him now after being not just dropped at origin level, uh, but also seeing Cody Walker excel in the Origin Arena, uh, which puts his position long-term in a bit of doubt. So Jerome Luai, I think that's the exact kind of response or ex exact kind of scenario that's going to require a response. So dangerous time to come up against Penrith. Leota Fisher-Harris, Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu. That is a world-class combination. And now we're seeing that it's not just Fisher-Harris and Leota making a difference, uh, but Lindsay Smith off the bench has impressed me a hell of a lot. We've already seen Spencer over the last couple of seasons uh, play that role to perfection. Uh, but I just feel like their middle forward stocks are in a great place. And just all around. This one's pretty short. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Uh, now apparently there's going to be a bit of a switch up in the halves. 
So don't be surprised to see uh, Isaiah Katoa move into the number nine. Maybe that sees Cody Nikarima uh, shift into the halves. We will have to wait and see. And yep, if Dolphins win this, then they are well and truly back on. They sit 12th. They had an epic start to the season. They had been fading. Uh, but the win against the Gold Coast Titans, it's put them back in the frame, back in the picture for finals. Unfortunately, if they lose here, uh, they probably leave themselves with a little bit too much work to do. And it's going to be a very fun game. Uh, the Dolphins, the newest team in the NRL, have been tuning into all the games, uh, as I think a lot of people have. Hamaso, I'm wondering, do we see him in the centres where he's been named uh, or at fullback? And yeah, across the team, I mean, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, or yeah, Kenny's starting in the front row, Felice Cafusi, these are guys, uh, it's very foreign to these guys. In fact, I don't know if they ever have missed a final series uh, bar 2010 for Jesse Bromwich. So they, this team, I mean, the leaders are guys who, they're usually there or thereabouts at this time of the year. Uh, so they're certainly not going to settle for missing out on finals this year. And they are going to put their best foot forward against Penrith. But I just can't go against the Panthers. They were my pick to win this season. I'm still sticking with that. They sit first. We've seen their depth tested. We've seen Arpy go. We've seen Kikau go. Uh, we've seen them have to adjust to that. They're ticking all the right boxes. Nathan Cleary out. Jack Cogger steps up, fills the role. And my X-Factor player here, I'm going Isaac Tungo. This guy is in the form of his life right now. And honestly, I was a bit surprised. Obviously, with hindsight, completely 100% the right call uh, for Freddie to go with Bradman Best. But I thought Isaac Tungo on form probably deserved uh, that center spot. Again, in hindsight, I have been proven wrong. Uh, but Isaac Tungo, this guy, this guy, not just for the Panthers, but I think at representative level as well. He's got a very long career ahead of himself. He's going head-to-head, -head, I believe, here uh, with Ewan Aitken. Quality player, but just doesn't have that same kind of oomph as my man Isaac Tango. Uh, and then across the whole park, like 1-17, to 17, I just can't fault the Panthers. And I'm a, I'm a fan of the uh, Dolphins 1-17 to 17 as well. I've just seen as well Milford on the bench, so they're probably going to stick with Nikarima at fullback, Katoa to the nine, uh, and Milf into the halves, where he played exceptionally against the Titans. Uh, best game from Milford in Dolphins colours. And look, from 1 to 17, I like the Dolphins team as well. It's just Penrith. I very rarely tip against Penrith, and I'm not going to change that here. So locking in second last pick of round 20, I'm going to take the Panthers over the Dolphins. We have an absolute cracker to finish us off this weekend. Seventh placed Eels, whose incredible winning streak was brought to an end against the Warriors last weekend. This time around though, Eels are without all the players that they severely missed in that game. Uh, so Clint Gutherson back, uh, and before before he uh, got selected for Origin, Clint Gutherson playing out of his skin. Mitch Moses now uh, comes comes back to the team 
with a positive origin experience where he really had the opportunity to be one of the main men. Of course, Cody Walker was the, uh, the show stealer, but for every great 5'8", you need a quality halfback. So Mitch Moses is only gonna grow uh, as far as his confidence and his ability. They've also got Regan Campbell-Gillard back uh, to partner alongside Junior Paolo, uh, which really, that that's their secret source, their big front row. Brendan Hands in number nine. Uh, he's been playing very well. Um, Sean Lane starts in the second row. Jermaine Hopgood, just having a look through the side. Uh, was Gold Coast, very, very disappointing loss against the Dolphins. That season dropped to 11th. So we've got 7th versus 11th here. And if Gold Coast want to be any chance of finals, which I give them next to no chance, great players, fantastic team, amazing uh, attack. It's just defense. It's the glaring issue. And I think that is exactly what's going to hold them back from playing finals this year. Uh, so Titans are 11th. If they wish to play finals, you're going to have to beat a team like the Eels. You lose this one, and yeah, it just starts getting a little bit too far away. Now, Titans last week in that disappointing loss, they were without some of their best and brightest stars. No Brimson, uh, but most notably, the void in their Ford pack. There was no Mo Fodawaker, no Tino, no David Fafita, all of whom are back for this one. Uh, so I think Titans, I think they're going to be a sneaky chance here. Uh, but I'm going with Parramatta. And yeah, Titans defense, main reason. When I look at these sides, I say, Gold Coast Titans, are they a top eight side? No. Now on paper, on potential, on promise, are they a top eight side? Absolutely. And I think Des Hasler, the incoming coach, I think that's a perfect match. I think if anyone's going to be able to really unlock that potential of the Titans, it's going to be Hasler. Uh, but for 2023, if we just stick with this season, are they a top eight team? No. Why? Defense. I say it time and time again, it's clear. It's just clear that it's defense holding them back. It's not an insipid attack, because we've seen when they get on the front foot, this team can score points, they can get the go forward, like they have no trouble uh, as far as game-breaking forwards. Same goes for the back line. They've got experience in the halves with Kieran Foran. You've got a promising young player, former Australian schoolboy in Tana Boyd. Like, there's a lot to like about the Titans, just not their defense. And I, I think that's exactly what's stopping them from being a finals team this year. Whereas Parramatta, I look at them now sitting seventh, is this a top eight team? Yes. Yes, it is. And so that's my real kind of turning point as far as the pick. I'm going to go with Parramatta Eels. I think they'll be able to defend what Titans can throw at them, whereas I don't have that same faith in Gold Coast being able to defend at what gets thrown their way. Happy to be proven wrong because this will throw the finals race wide open if Gold Coast can get a win. And Parrot of one spot below my mighty Warriors. So I'm in no hurry to see them win and put more pressure on us. But I just think, look, before Origin 3, the form Gutherson was in, outstanding. Bailey Simonson 
has answered the call. They were looking for strike centres. They had Penasini, who we already knew was a big part of their future. He is coming along beautifully, starting to really hit top form. Bailey Simonson. That was the other point. They didn't have another centre, and it was holding them back a lot. Wanga Blake eh, just didn't seem to be working. Bailey Simonson is playing as good as anyone right now. Uh, so he's well and truly put his hand up. Mike Acevo, Sean Russell on the wings. Still no Dylan Brown. Uh, but you've got Mitch Moses, Campbell Gillard. I mean, even Bryce Cartwright in the form of his life at the moment. So look, Gold Coast, I'm giving them a chance here. I think they can win the game. I just don't think they can make the top eight. And given that where we sit in the season now, round 20 is where it truly kicks off. Where what truly kicks off? The road to finals. And I think this is where we see the men separated from the boys. Gold Coast, I think they're pretenders. Parramatta, they actually may just be contenders. We're going to have find out a lot this weekend when they match up. Uh, but I'm leaning on my X-Factor player, Clint Gutherson. I think not only is he going to score a try here, uh, I think he's going to cause a lot of havoc. And just looking through the Eels team, I, I just think they have a, a more well-roundedness to their 17. And ultimately, I can trust, which is something I don't think I've ever said, trusting the Eels. They traditionally are like the most untrustworthy team. You think they're going to lose, they win. You think they're going to win, and they lose. But that's starting to change. And as far as their defense, I have much more faith in Parramatta. If this one has a real finals intensity about it, uh, and it's very physical, close game, I have way more trust that Parramatta are going to be able to have that solid goal line defense, make some real clutch tackles. Gold Coast, that's just the thing. It's literally defense. I say it every week. It's not, the, it's not like, you know, a lack of talent. It's definitely not a lack of attack. They had a good coach, Justin Holbrook. He's now gone. And it's just defense. And that's, that's my point of difference as well with this pick. Titans defense. I think they have the most ineffective tackles in the comp. They did a couple of weeks ago. I haven't double-checked that. But their defense is just... It's not up to finals. And that's what's holding them back. I keep saying it. Like A bit earlier this year, there was all that talk of, oh, if the Titans have closed out these, these close games... They could be sitting first. It's like, well, they're fucking 10th. So what does that tell you? That tells you that this team isn't that far away from being a genuine premiership contender. But their defense, time and time again, not just this year, but over the last few, their defense lets them down. They know this. They know that that's the area they have to fix, but they just can't seem to fix it. This could be the weekend where things click into gear and we see their best defensive performance yet. I'll believe it when I see it though. Locking in the last pick of the round, Parramatta Eels, I think they're going to pick up where they left off. As a Warriors fan, stoked with the win we had over them last weekend, but it was a very timely point to match up with them as well. No Gutho, no Moses, no RCG. Now they've got all the big guns back. They're coming off a loss as well, but they haven't forgotten that before that, 
they were on a hot streak. I think they pick up where they left off. Titans, just make some tackles. Come on. I Like, from a neutral fan point of view, if it's just like, who would I prefer to see win this? Gold Coast. I actually really like the Gold Coast team. Like the players. Fucking hate the defense. Or lack thereof. Hate's a strong word. Dislike the defense. So we're going with the Eels. And that's around 20. Preview and predictions. Like I said, kind of went a little bit quicker through the games. Didn't get into any of the big news. Back to regular scheduled programming uh, from next week's preview. And of course, the weekend wrap. Today, all about asking some questions. Weekend wrap. As soon as the games are finished, I'm going to sit down and record. And we'll have some answers to discuss. Uh, As always, I'll open with the performance highlights from round 20. Player of the round, team of the round, uh, talking point, rising star, things like that. Of course, you can also find uh, the performance highlights content over on our Instagram, at notjustasportsreport. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on your preferred platform. Well, even if you hated today's podcast, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast platform. If you love today's pod, you'll be able to see as soon as the next one's out. And if you hated it, well, you'll just, you'll be able to see all the podcasts you're not going to listen to. So, yeah, there we go. There's the fucking outro. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, uh, unless you go for Cronulla, your team gets up this weekend. Raiders with the bye. Bulldogs with the bye. No, Bulldogs not with the bye. Bulldogs not. They're playing the Broncos. Whoopsie daisy. Uh, Fucking Dragons have the bye. I know that. Who are the third team that are escaping me? Oh, the Bunnies. One of the competition heavyweights. There you go. So, Rabbitohs and Raiders. That's going to be a pretty crucial two points for them. Especially the Raiders, who sit fifth, but are actually equal in the top four. So, say Storm lose to Roosters, Raiders finish the round in the top four. So, those sides with the bye are mainly Bunnies, Raiders. I mean... Dragons this is just keeping you away from the wooden spoon. But there's some some pretty big two points uh, for teams that are still in contention. Other than that, though, that's been it for today. We're about to get in, oh, for goodness sake, to the fucking game of the weekend. Tigers and the Knights. I can't miss a second. It's just going to be so crazy. So, yeah, it's time for me to launch into the footy. Thank you for listening. Uh, today, yeah, a little bit all over the place, just a bit of shit going on last few days, uh, but once it's the Weekend Wrap podcast, up and about, we're getting straight back into it, so there we go. Thanks for listening, and have a fantastic weekend. <laughs>